we go. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Blake Haynes here with the Fat Boys and the Indian. And with me tonight, I've got Tanner Crawford and Derek Emberton. Hey, what's up, guys? Not much, guys. I just uh, been sitting around doing some research on this podcast tonight. Uh, just got home early today, and I've been just uh, watching some NBA preseason basketball. Wow, that sounds rough. I've been watching Bubble Guppies, and I'm feeding my son a bottle. Nice. Very nice. I, uh, I know about that. That uh, can be either challenging or very peaceful. It just kind of depends on, on what's going on, I guess. Uh, so basically, uh, guys, tonight we've got, you know, we're covering the, a little bit of NBA. We've got some college basketball, uh, some NFL, and then obviously our off-the-cuff uh, segment. Um, let's go ahead and dive right in with, to the NBA. Um, stuff came out today. Obviously, everybody knows about Jimmy Butler wanting out of Minnesota. Um, he's unhappy with the situation. I think, me personally, I think the biggest thing is, is they didn't make the moves to give him the max contract of $110 million that he wanted. I think that's the tipping point of all this, but now it's it's kind of dwindling down to, you know, he doesn't want to be there for more than just that now. Now, you know, coming out basically stating, you know, obviously what we all see, I mean, Andrew Wiggins has the talent to be, in my opinion, one of the better two-way players in the NBA. Um, doesn't give any effort, though, and then, you know, Cat there, you know, Carl Anthony Towns just seems like a shell of himself. Um, but basically he comes out in practice, and basically I guess he walks on the court, right, and – just starts calling out people, you know, calls out, you know, Tibbs, calls out the GM, basically tells, you know, Wiggins and Cat how it is. And then not only does he do, do that, but then the other four starters pick up somebody off the bench, right? He takes four bench guys, and then they say he just basically annihilates the starting, the other starters. So what do you guys think about this? Well, uh, I'd like to touch on the uh, Andrew Wiggins and Carl Towns. Um Obviously, being a big KU guy, of course, I support Andrew Wiggins. But uh, in my opinion, he has been very disappointing to watch in the NBA. And I feel like he is nowhere as close as good as he should be. I feel like it boils down to he has an attitude issue, whether we know it or not. But it just seems like he doesn't care about anyone except himself. And I think Carl Towns is a little selfish, too. And I don't think those guys understand what they're in. Like, this is a business and a job, and I don't feel like they take it seriously as far as trying to build a championship-caliber team like every other team is trying to do in the NBA right now. I feel like, honestly, that's what Butler's most sick of besides not getting that max contract. I feel like he's just pretty much babysitting that team right now. Yeah, I mean, if you really if you really look at it, what it boils down to is Butler's not one of those guys that just has – abundance of talent right I mean it's not like he's a scrub by any means but he's in my opinion you know maybe a top 20 player you know that that may be and the only reason he's there is because of how hard he works right and he's busting his butt to be able to produce what he's producing and he looks over at a guy like Andrew Wiggins who he knows you know God gets the talent it's hands down like Wiggins has more talent than you know uh, Jimmy Butler does right agreed yeah absolutely and he's basically just sick of watching it right he's no effort you know, a guy who wants to stand out on the perimeter and shoot threes, he's not – I mean, 
I'm not going to say he's not a, a good shooter, but he's not, you know, a knockdown guy. I mean, he needs to use that his athletic ability that he has, right? Absolutely. I think another knock on Wiggins that pisses me off is uh, I like I when I play, watch basketball, I appreciate guys that do the little things, regardless if they're a role player or a star player. So like when I see Andrew Wiggins for like the first like four years of his career averaging just four rebounds a game. I, I just makes me sick. I feel like that guy could go out and get seven a night easily. He just he's too athletic. You know, look at a guy like Russell Westbrook. Granted that guy is an athletic freak. That dude plays hard every night and he, I mean he can go out and get ten, fifteen rebounds. So why can't Wiggins go out and get seven, you know? He did the same thing at KU. Everyone said that like Wiggins is supposed to be, you know, probably the best recruit ever to come to Kansas and it was basically just like a wait, wait and see all year. It felt like when he was gonna bust out because he's like you said, he has so much talent. He should be able to score forty points or thirty points whenever he wants, but it just never happened. Well, and you know, I always don't get me wrong. I know you guys are humongous KU fans, so I always felt like okay, some of those guys that are big standout guys that w- went to KU, they didn't really perform like really really high at KU. I thought okay, maybe it's more of a a system thing. It looks like. Here in the last couple of years, I feel like Bill Self has kind of let, you know, some of his star guys do star guy things, right, and kind of taking the handcuffs off of them. But, like, when Wiggins was there, I was just like, man, maybe Self is just holding him down a little bit. Maybe he's just not, you know, allowing him to do what, you know, uh, you know a fast-paced, fast-break type thing that he needed to be in college. But then, I guess, like I said, I mean, he gets to the NBA, and he's the same thing. Like, there's no difference. So, I, you know, I, I feel bad because I'm like, you know, I'm talking, you know, a little bit downward to one of the greatest coaches probably ever in, you know, in college basketball history. But, you know, then I, you know, like I said, it makes you kind of sit back and think, well, maybe, maybe I was wrong. You know, maybe I was wrong. Uh, do you think, uh, never mind, go ahead, Blake. Uh, do you think it's money? I guess it could play a factor into it. I mean, I was I mean, just, he's got, yeah, he's got his max contract. He's not. He's not anywhere close to a max player, though. That's a thing. Yeah. Close uh, the year, uh, Wiggins' year was that the year that we lost to Stanford because we wouldn't penetrate the zone in the tournament. Yes, that is correct. And Embiid okay. was hurt for that. He didn't play, so that was another. Uh, well, yeah, but like that was the most fitting. I think that's the fitting thing about Wiggins is he should have single handedly been able to penetrate that zone and just make them suffer. But all he did is like like what you said he's doing now for Minnesota. He's sitting back and shooting, and you know he can shoot, but that shouldn't—that's probably not even his top two or three traits. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and it, 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 it always reminds me, like, okay, so looking at some of the guys that guard him, I mean, he's really getting guarded by like twos now. Like, even though he's a big physical, you know, specimen, right? Like, he's getting guarded by twos because he refuses to penetrate the lane. He doesn't drive. I mean, he just doesn't go to the basket hard. Another thing he doesn't do is what you're seeing, like a lot of these guys as they age do, like a Kobe Bryant or LeBron James. When have you ever seen him take anybody to the block and just post up? Uh, it doesn't happen too much, too often. I feel like that's something he could really, you know, excel at too. But then again, this is a guy that could excel at a lot of things if you just put the time and effort into it. And, you know, obviously it's just fans like we are. We don't know what these guys actually do for a routine and stuff, but I mean, when you watch him play, you know, any given night on a, you know, NBA court, it just you feel like he's not as capable. He's not doing what he should be doing. He's not so what playing is to his potential. Do you happen to know what Butler's making? Um, 
Um, I don't off the top of my head. Um, what? Not as much as what he should. I did put up with these guys as crap. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, no, like it just this. I mean, this kind of reminded me. Like I, I think it's you're right. Like it is bullshit. Those two are get you know those guys are getting paid, but he's not. But it still kind of reminds me like the dude's getting to play a game. Like you said, it's a business, but the dude's getting to play a game to be a millionaire. And it reminds me so much of when Eli Manning was crying at the draft because he didn't want to be a San Diego Charger. And it's just like, you know how many people, this is like their dream, and you're going to sit there. About it. Yeah, exactly. Which, Butler's a little bit different because, yeah, he, he is getting shafted a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't know. Because Minnesota's supposed to be pretty damn good, aren't they? Yeah, they're supposed to be good last year. They just didn't really live up to what, like, what you said. They just, just um, Wiggins is kind of the man to hold them down. Well, and think about it like this, okay? So, I, I did do some research here sitting here. So, Butler's making 18, like 18-6 this year, 19-something next year, right? Wiggins, on the flip side, is making twenty, basically 25-5 this year. Next year, he'll make 27, and then 29-31-33. So, basically, they should be flip-flopped. In my opinion, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're looking at, like, the production and what's kind of going down, I, I would say so. Now, a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, like, I mean, like, this year is his contract year, right? That dude's going to get paid. I mean, he's only making 7.8 mil. So, uh, I mean, but he's probably looking – that's the reason why, in my opinion, they didn't give Butler this big contract because they know, hey, we got Cat coming up. We need to save it for him. How about what Ryan said in the group chat about how ironic it was that this happened and that Rachel Nichols just happened to be there? See, you know – I would say, you know what, he, he comes on, if you listen to that interview, because I watched the whole thing, he basically says, he cracks a joke, right? He says, you know, it's amazing how, uh, how uh, basically Woj for ESPN, he, he knows it all. Like, he knows it word for word, basically verbatim, right? It, it, you, basically, I think exactly what happened is what Mark is alluding to. Like, Jimmy Butler tipped him off and said, hey, I'm going to let everybody know. Like, I, if I'm going to be here, you guys are going to figure it out, right? Yeah. So, but uh, kind of like kind of a way for him to send out like an SOS. It's like letting the world know that he ain't gonna fucking back down. That he still wants the fuck out of there. Exactly. I mean, and I mean, I understand. I mean, if you look at it from Tibbs' perspective, I mean, because he's a uh, he runs player personnel there, and uh, I mean, if he trades him, he's not gonna get the value back. Like I saw some of the assets that the Heat were offering up. And basically, it was like a pick three type of thing. And, you know, I mean, the best thing that was there, in my opinion, was Gordon uh, Drogic. And, uh, and you had a couple first-round picks, but is that enough? Well, considering how hard it is to hit on a first-round pick, it's, like you said, it's basically impossible. And Minnesota's that, and Minnesota's that team right now that pretty much they're, at eight, they're like eighth or ninth best team in the West. So they're nowhere near com- close to competing for a championship. So they're not going to get a very good draft pick either. Oh, it's the same thing with like the Heats. If they get the Heats pick, I mean, you're looking at a potential playoff team, right? Even though it's, it means it's in the East, they could probably wrap up that eight seed if you land Jimmy Butler, right? Absolutely. So it's not like you're getting a you know a lottery pick if you make that trade. So, uh, but let's go ahead and move on, guys. Uh, you guys, like I said before, I was talking about some Bill Self stuff, but you guys are huge KU fans. Um, some reports have came out. You know, KU investigations are going on. 
Tanner hey, was well, Can you can you reword that, please? You said KU investigations. NC whatever. They're getting invest. They're getting investigated. NCAA investigations. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I feel pretty good. I mean, the fact that Bill. I mean, D'Souza said today that he said that he's for sure playing this year, and he's excited. Like he doesn't have any doubt in his mind he's going to play. Bill Self says that with the information that they've all been given, that everything is uh, going to have a favorable outcome. So sounds like Bill. I mean, he pretty much has a a grasp on kind of what what they have on KU basically, and it sounds like he's pretty confident they don't got they don't got enough or they don't have the right stuff. With everything that's been going on to uh, not only just with KU but like all these other schools that have been getting popped for this thing. Um, if Bill Self and Silvio D'Souza aren't too worried with the information that's been given to them, as a fan, I'm not too concerned. But at the same time, there's always something that could come up and, you know, bite yeah, KU in the rear. Something they're holding. Well, it's just I got a little chippy with a fellow KU fan the other day on Twitter because it's like I made a joke. Uh, the guy wished Silvio D'Souza a uh, happy birthday. And I just I commented. I was like, hope he spent that 100000 wisely. And then, of course, the guy starts <laughs> – the guy, you know, just, I don't know. People are, like, I told him, I sent this big long thing about how not to be blinded by his love for KU because, like, if Creighton is cheating, like, everyone's fucking paying people, you know? Every, it's just, this has been going on for decades, though, and people just are too oblivious to realize it, you know? Yeah, I mean, everyone's been getting the, the handshake and the money, if, and especially football, too. I mean, it's oh, been yeah. going like uh Like, Dominic McNabb going to Syracuse. I read a book in high school about about uh, getting a few handshakes in Syracuse. It's just, I don't know. It's, KU fans are stupid for trying to pretend like it's not happening. And then the, the only thing, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I don't care about them taking down the championships and everything. I just don't want to watch K-State fans treat this like they're fucking Super Bowl, you know? Because they will. Yeah, they will. Because now, especially since their football team fucking sucks, but pardon my language. <laughs> no, but it's the truth. That's the thing. Like, that's the worst part of it being KU fans. I don't like to bring K-State up often, but this is a perfect example. Like, they're they're more excited for our failures than their successes. That's just the way it has been. Always and it will be. I don't have many successes, though, so it's kind of hard. See, hey, they're 2-4. and four. Leave them alone. See, you're coming from – you're talking to a, a Texas fan, right? And I – you know, I grew up, I, you know, went to college with Heath C. Matter, and, you know, we know Teske's a great dude, but Teske is not quite on Heath C. Matter's level, but he did trade Justin Justice Hill for Alex Barnes. And then yeah, sits Alex Barnes on his bench, too, which is really smart. I had to play, play, had to play so, Stefan that week that he got Justice Hill for nothing, and then Justice Hill scores, like, 45 points. But don't worry, I'm still undefeated, motherfuckers. Uh-huh. But so basically, you're talking about that whole, being the whole Super Bowl. Like, they literally are probably going to finish with like three, maybe four wins this year. But if they would have, if they would have beat Texas a couple weeks ago, it wouldn't have mattered. They could have went one and eleven. Texas State no. champs, don't forget it. Yeah, we own Texas. But uh, no, you know what? My looking back into the you know the NCAA investigations, um, like Tanner said, everybody's doing it. If you don't think they are. Uh, Let's be honest. Kevin Durant doesn't go to Texas if there's not money involved. Um, uh, how about uh, how about the old Michael Beasley going to Kansas State? Yeah, yeah, a, a uh, team that wasn't even that great at the time. DeAndre Ayton, according to the Crystal Ball, uh, I can't remember the guy who does the recruiting predictions, but 
At one point, KU had like a 99% on the crystal ball prediction to come to KU. Oh, and yeah. then out of nowhere, he goes to Arizona. So, I mean, come <laughs> on. Yeah, and they got in all that trouble for it here this last you know, year. Well, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. going to NC State. Like, come on. It's, yeah. you know, it's everywhere, man. Oh, yeah. But, you know, what the, the sad part about it is, and it, the realization is, everybody gets caught, right? So, yep. I, I hope that Philly Self and those boys get a little bit better at covering the tracks because, you know, I would hate for you guys to lose a championship banner if you win one or a Final Four banner if you, you know, get there. And it's because he did this. I mean, that would suck. Well, but to be honest, like, nothing can take – the NCAA can't take away the – the hooting and the hollering and the partying and the jumping up and down and the, the freaking out. Like, they can take it on paper, but it still fucking happens. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and everyone else realizes that who's the best team in the Big 12. You know, the NCAA taking away NCAA's title or uh, Louisville's title in 2013. Like, they all fucking live, you know, live their best life that night. Like, nothing's going to take that away from them. And, yeah. you know, it's not like who, who they even beat that year. Do you remember? Was it Kentucky? No. But it's just like, but whoever they beat, it's not like they got to celebrate that they won a championship because Louisville technically cheated with, you know, hiring prostitutes and whatnot. But to me, it's just like, I I am not blind. I know that it's happening everywhere. I know Katie does it. I know Bill Self does it. But, like, 14 straight happen. Like, just deal with it. So, trying to uh, flip some, some of this, we're going to go back to the NBA. So, I know a little scuffle happened. You know, we talk, the last one was verbal. This one was more of a physical nature. Um, so basically, the other night, Cavs-Boston, uh, you know how that's kind of been like a little bit of a rivalry. Even though that LeBron's not there, there's still some guys that are still there um, that have some animosity towards each other. Um, J.R. Smith gets tangled up with, uh, with Baines there. Baines basically pulls him around, swings him around. J.R. Smith takes exception, pushes him. And then Marcus Smart, the old OK State guy himself, like comes after him like he's going to do something. I don't know what he's going to do, but. Sir, sir flops a lot. Yeah. And, you know, what do you, I mean, what, what do you think about all this? I mean, is it one of those tough guy acts? Uh, Marcus Smart is, in my opinion, definitely a fake tough guy. Um, I'm no fan of J.R. Smith by any mean, but if, uh, if it came down to a fight, I feel like J.R. Smith would clean that dude's clock. And it wouldn't even be anything. It wouldn't even be close. I don't know, dear, or, uh, I don't know. Like, because isn't Marcus Smart kind of like the junkyard dog for that team? He is. Himself? Yeah. I mean, I think he had – I think that was more him trying to, like uh, – I mean, that, that's It's like the, the enforcer on hockey games. Like, you got to – even if you don't really believe it, like, you got to still – like, that's your role and you got to do it. But I'm with Derek on this, like, He's like the dude. Fuck it. He flops. Like, oh my god! I don't think I've ever come as close to breaking my TV as when watching him get like five tar- or offensive fouls a game. It, it was he, so irritating watching that guy play. He is so soft. So I'm with Derek on this. Like, you can't, you can't fake that. Like, you can try to be it, but you, he's soft. And another thing too, I feel like everyone in the NBA, like you know, it's nowadays it's like everyone's buddy buddy with everyone. People know who the tough dudes are in that league and who aren't. Like, everyone knows who is who. That's why everybody They're, came at Dwight Howard. Yeah, because that dude's a, basically a big teenager. Like, he's he's not going to do anything. 
my best moment ever watching an NBA basketball game was when Kobe Kobe Bryant went to the free throw line, free throw line and called him a soft bitch. <laughs> like just right there, I was like, "Oh, okay." Right. <laughs> he just did that. <laughs> like, I mean, the dude. Uh, it, I mean, I don't care what he. It, you can hate, dislike, whatever Kobe Bryant. That dude was bad. I don't care. He's uh, one of the greats, man, for a reason. But I just okay, fights so, all there though. Like him and Shaq got into a little beef on Twitter last week. And Shaq basically just said, you can come at me when you have rings. And it's just like, everyone's like, if you watch like Dwight Howard, because Dwight Howard was kind of more when I was in the NBA and stuff. And it's just like, he was kind of like Wiggins too, where you're like, this is supposed to be the year, you know, but he has all this like left ability and he's such a monster and he doesn't. And then years later, you just find out that he's just as soft as, man, he would probably kick my ass if I said that to his face, but. Yeah, he's, he's a large <laughs> dude, but he would probably just laugh. Though he's one, of, he, I don't even know how to say this right. He's kind of like Teskey, where you could make fun of Teskey to his face, and he just laughs at you, but he knows that he could beat your fucking ass. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> Teskey is a guy I would not want to mess with. I'm serious. I've seen that guy get actually legit and pissed off. It's not. It's not good. I've said so much stuff to Teskey, and I just always feel like he just laugh. He just smiles and laughs at me, but maybe he's like plotting. No, like when like we fuck around and stuff, he's cool about it. But like if it's someone like he doesn't know, and they're like trying to fuck with him, and he doesn't know that person, I wouldn't want to be that person because that dude's <laughs> one of the strongest people I know. But uh, back back to back to J.R. Smith and Marcus Smart. So here's how I look at it, right? I think these guys are fake, both fake tough guys, right? You know, you know who Marcus Smart reminds me who he's trying to be. He's a smaller, a little bit wider version of Rasheed Wallace. Like when oh, you Jesus. when you were talking about the Bad Boys Pistons of like our generation, not like old school. I mean, who who in their right mind was messing with Rasheed Wallace? No one. I mean, not even the. Rest. He's one of the best trash talkers of all time, too. Oh, dude, and I think that's like that's who he wants to be like he wants to get to that level and it's just everybody's like dude come on please you either got it or you don't and yeah. we'll leave, i'm just gonna leave it at that with that because he's nowhere near as tough as he thinks he is and i can't I, you know what maybe jr smith maybe he does have a little bit more of a you know a, i guess a moxie or a you know a hard side to him that i don't maybe i just don't see because you know who i see every time i look at him i see a high tattooed mike epps yeah, that's a, actually a great comparison. I mean, because if you put them up next to each other, that he just looks like he's high and he's got tattoos, but he's still Mike Epps. Yeah, that's that's great. So, I mean, it just, I don't know. I think it's all bogus. I think in all the NBA fights until, like you said, I think there's the real ones and the real ones don't get messed with. I mean, can anybody remember the time that uh, – Meta World Peace at the time that he was that was his name at the time when he uh, elbowed Tyler Hansborough in the head, and I mean Hansborough is a decent sized dude, but he turned around and it was pissed off until he realized who it was. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Then he's like, yeah, I probably shouldn't even. I'll let this yeah. one go. Like some of those guys, you like you said, you realize okay, that's probably not not my cup of tea. Absolutely. But uh, kicking it off here, we're gonna go to the NFL now. Um, I got to know, guys. I mean, there's been a lot of hype. I mean, behind your boy, Patty Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers is in the league, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. I mean, so many great quarterbacks. We, you know, we're getting to witness, you know, play right now. I got to know who's the best in the league right now. 
Tanner, I'm going to let you kick this thing off, man. You know, you asked this question. I thought both of these were pretty damn easy. Um, I think the top NFL quarterback is – it's got to be still A-Rod. I mean, he's hurt, so it's a different it's a different thing this year. But, I mean, to think about how many times, like, his coach really – I mean, like he was – like they've been saying, like, Green Bay doesn't really do anything fancy. And they've never really had um, – sorry, my son is hitting me in the head with a comb right now. Um, they never really had, like, amazing receivers. He's made people look amazing, like Jordy Nelson. I, I mean, it could be my K-State hate, my, but uh, Randall Cobb. And Devontae Adams, I think, is decent, but um, he's just done so much with so little. And <laughs> it feels like it's kind of like Peyton Manning here in Denver where the play that gets called is not what he runs. He's going to audible out, and he's actually going to pick the best fucking play. Yeah. Derek, what do you I'm going to have to go with – I got to go with uh, uh, Tanner on this one too. I thought – I did some thinking about it. Like, you know, I could have taken the easy way out and said Tom Brady because it's just obvious. But, you know, uh, Tom Brady actually has a coach with him that understands what's going on. A lot of times McCarthy, I just – I feel like he hurts that team more than he does help them. And I feel like Rodgers just covers up a lot of his coaching mistakes. So, right now, Rodgers to me is the best guy in the league. So I'm going to go um, a little off track here. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I wish. I, I wish. Um, you know what? I'm going to ride the hype train. I know it's way too early to say. You way too You're early jinxing to him. It. You're doing it. Oh, God. You're he just fucking ruined so, our season, dude. You know what? Listen, he's had – he has everything going for him. He has Andy oh, Reid. He has weapons everywhere. But I'm going to tell you right now, like, when you guys traded up to draft this dude, I was like, it's over. Like, coming out of college, I wanted nothing more than for him to go to Minnesota. Like, make a play, do something, get this guy, right? You guys got him. I'm going to have to go with Patrick Mahomes right now with just everything that I'm seeing. Like, last week, in the rain, how many times did Travis Kelsey just drop wide open passes that could have just totaled everywhere, right? One of the drop passes ended up leading to an interception two plays later. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe, you know, and maybe a lot of people say, look at the weapons around him. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that. But, you know, it's not like, you know, to this point, people don't remember when Aaron Rodgers had Michael Finley and he had he had uh, Donald Driver and he had Greg Jennings and he had all those guys that were still really good. And he still only has one championship. Yeah, but I I think we've talked about this before, but I don't really value besides Tom Brady, like I don't really value championships for the guys like the Joe Flacco's and the Ian Manning's. See, and to that point, so I make that point, and I'm going to rebuttal that because basically what I'm saying okay. is like that's Tyler Self. Tyler Self basically has a championship ring. Like, well, what I'm saying is, just listen to me. So that's a lot of people's arguments, right? Well, you know, it's it's. Hey, he doesn't have he doesn't have the rings. You know what? People say they don't want you know they don't want to talk about quarterbacks in like systems and things like that, right? So I don't care what anybody says. Tom Brady is overrated. That's not a popular opinion. I don't care. I think Bill Belichick has basically made Tom Brady. I don't care what anybody says. Like I said, it, it just is what it is. I think right now. I'm sounding like a complete idiot in most people's eyes, but I think Patrick Mahomes is the class of the NFL right now. And I think that 
when times get tough, you know, here in the next couple of years, I think you're going to see that he's the best in the NFL because he's going to continue to throw for a ton of yards and a ton of touchdowns, and he's just going to continue to murder the league. I want to give some props to Andy Reid, too. Um, I have to admit there's been times when we've lost in the playoffs that I get mad and I, you know, I kind of go on Twitter or Facebook and, you know, get upset and say some things about Andy Reid. But you know what? I've, along with Tanner, we've watched some pretty terrible years as Chiefs fans. And uh, since Reid's taken over, you know, we really shouldn't have much to complain about, honestly. Yeah, he took over what they went two games at. Ow. We went two and 14. Yeah, he took over that team. He got the number one pick in one of the worst draft classes in the last 20 years, and he still found a way to manage. And they got rid of a GM that was kind of coveted in the NFL, but Andy was just like, no, like me and this guy don't see eye to eye. And, I mean, some of the rumors was that Dorsey wasn't too high on Mahomes, and Andy was. I guess we'll never really know the truth on that. But, I mean, Andy's the one still there. So, well, and let's put it out to prove my point. You're going to see something when they get to the playoffs that you haven't seen in the last couple of years, right? So, in the in the last couple of years, you're still seeing Andy Reid get into the playoffs and run his gimmick plays, and then everybody's like, oh, Andy Reid's terrible. And it's like, no. You know what? Alex Smith is a, is a in my opinion, he's a one-dimensional quarterback when it comes to the passing game. So, yes, he's mobile. Yes, he can extend plays. Yes, he can get outside the pocket. No, he's not going to complete, you know, a ton of passes down the field. That's just not his strength, right? Even intermediate, you're not going to see it happen. He's a check down, you know, quick pass. Well, he, was even, he was even missing check downs this Sunday. Well, that's what I'm saying. So when you get into the playoffs, you're going to see something you haven't seen. It's because he has the best quarterback in the NFL on his team. You're going to see him just unload plays. You're going to see him let his quarterback throw the ball down the field. And that's going to be amazing. And it's going to make my point even more relevant. But I just love how cocky Mahomes is, though. I mean, the first pick, the second pick was really bad. Like, you could tell he just he held on to it 20 seconds too long, and his last choice was to just chuck it before he got hit in the face. And it was just a stupid pick. But like Andy Reid said after the game, like, he doesn't give a fuck. Like, he's just going to come out, and he's just going to keep throwing the ball. And I have been waiting my whole life for this moment. Well, and one of the, one of the things that you, you got to remember is, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of fans don't, is he played on a really, really – mediocre Texas Tech team, right? So going out and having success like he has right now and having a coach like he has right now, like he still has a, you know, that nature of like, okay, it's a pick. Like next, my next drive, I'm going to come out and throw a 65-yard bomb and it's going to be okay. Like that's the way I look at it, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but kind of flipping this over. So we know now what you guys think about the current state NFL. I want to know of all time, who's the best quarterback? Of all time? Of all time. Derek, you take this one off. Oh, no name man. it. 12, 12 touchdowns, 15 picks kind of guy. <laughs> all time. I I have to go with my first, like, initial thought. I just got to go with Montana, man. Those, not, those San Francisco teams and what they did, I don't have to say Montana. Okay. Tanner? I'm going TB12. Jesus. I got it. Like, even I think we'll see this with Jared Goff too. Like right now, I think Sean McVay is probably the best coach in football right now, especially like for being so young. But his his offensive mind and everything. I think we're gonna see that maybe um, Tom Brady is better. I mean, I think like 
this year Derek was thinking Tom Brady. I Tom Brady didn't even cross my mind this year because I think the I think it's over. I think the Patriots messed up by trading Jimmy G, Jimmy G away for Tom Brady's sake because I think he's done. But as a, in a career wise, I mean, how many times do people say, "Who oh, he's got Gronk, he's got Edelman." Well, you know, Tom Brady's the one who made Edelman a quarterback wide receiver look good. Gronk has missed fifty seven percent of his games. Um, I don't know. He's made a lot of receivers look kind of like the, the Aaron Rodgers effect. I think he's played with guys that are worse than uh, people think they are. So I got to go TB12, even though I love Bill Belichick. But uh, I, I, think, want... I think they both deserve credit, really. I can't really disagree with what Tanner said, like because it was so close between those two with me. But like, especially like obviously in our generation, it's no doubt Tom Brady. That guy's just done so many things on the field. It's just, you know, credit to Belichick, too. But like Tanner was just saying, he's made a lot of wide receivers' careers longer than they probably should have been. Interesting. So I've got a few questions for you, Tanner, since I knew one of one of you, if not both of you, were going to go with TB12. So obviously he had a historic year when he had, you know, Randy Moss there, the greatest wide receiver of all time. Um. How many touchdowns is his highest amount outside of having Randy Moss? Is it probably like 34, 35? 39. I mean, that's still respectable, right? That's still pretty solid. He still never completed more than 68% of his passes, right? Um, His highest QBR ever was still the year with Randy Moss at 88.5%. Next highest is 78.3. You know, he was a first-team All-Pro quarterback one year and basically threw for 3,900 yards and 36 touchdowns. Um, the guy I'm about to say basically dwarfed his numbers. He's in a, a different league, so it makes sense. Um, you know, it took a lot of convincing for me to get to this point where I'm at, and I'm going to go another crazy route. And like with my rebuttal earlier, I said that – you know, a lot of people's arguments is, well, championships matter. Well, this guy only has one, um, and he arguably arguably has another great, great offensive mind uh, with him, right? Uh, but I'm going to throw some numbers out, for, out there for you, right? So he's been above, you know, a QBR of 83, you know, three times to basically, you know, Tom Brady's one. Um as where he doesn't have a Randy Moss type wide receiver, he's still thrown for forty plus touchdowns twice. Um, he's thrown for five thousand yards. Uh, what's that? One, two, three, four, five times in his career, where Tom Brady's only done it uh, one time. You know, I mean, it's just crazy. He does trail Tom Brady with one touchdown pass currently. You know, wins obviously Tom Brady is way and above. You know, and like I said, that's the Belichick effect. But I come back to the biggest stat that I can think of. And it's not that these two quarterbacks, when it comes to throwing the ball down the field, they do it at a pretty good rate, um, but they do it and still have success with it. So they're not like an Alex Smith type quarterback, right? This quarterback has completed 69% or better, uh, basically six times in his career. So that's six times more than Tom Brady ever has. He's played five less years in the league, right? It's Drew Brees. Drew Brees is the Drew greatest Brees. quarterback of all time. Drew Brees doesn't get enough credit, Eric. I, I mean, I understand the numbers and stuff, but I'm just—I I don't know if I'm sold on that. 
He's never had a, he's never had a defense. Never once had a defense. Yeah, and he gets to throw seventy times a game. Dude, I, I'm gonna go with Drew Brees train. I think Sean Payton. I, if you want to say Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, I think Sean Payton. If you look at his San Diego Chargers numbers, I think uh, Drew Brees is more accustomed to uh, Sean Payton than Tom Brady is to Bill Belichick. Well, you're talking about a, a San Diego Chargers team that had a old school Marty Schottenheimer coach who had no idea what the hell he was doing. I mean, he was done. Marty you know, Ball, baby. The, well, yeah, you're not talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. We can get you to the playoffs and actually win some football games. We're talking yeah, about. You also are talking about a Bill Belichick, though, who is his game. His game plans change every week. Some weeks they're going to run it 50 times with three different running backs and pass it 15 times. And then sometimes, yeah, they're going to throw it 50 times. But well, I, think, I think Sean Payton is a hell of an offensive coach. That's why every year he's rumored to go somewhere because, like you said, like Drew or uh, the Saints never have a defense. But Drew Brees, I, I'm curious to see uh, what the pass attempts are between those two. Because I know with the Saints, Drew Brees or yeah, Drew Brees has thrown a shit ton. Yeah. So basically, I mean, with the five years, I mean, he's already thrown more than uh, Tom Brady. So that to that effect. But like I said, you would think that in that same realm that you would see a little bit of a comparable um, aspect when it comes to, you know, the completion percentage, but it's not even close. Like Drew Brees is just really dwarfing um, Tom Brady in that, re- in that regard. And, you know, like I said, it's a crazy outlandish thing. I mean, I wanted to go somewhere where are, I mean, it, you could say a bunch of names, you could say Montana. You can say Drew Brees, or Drew Brees, in my opinion. You can say Tom Brady. You know what? Hell, people even think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be end up being the greatest quarterback of all time. Some even believe and, Peyton Manning is too. I mean, there's another guy correct. we didn't talk about. So, and you know, you know, in my opinion, the, I was saying he it took it took some coercing from myself to put this guy above who I thought was the greatest quarterback of all time. He doesn't have a championship. He had really, I mean, he was a quarterback that if you stick him in the NFL right now. I think he would light it up and be better than everybody. I think, in my opinion, my number two is Dan Marino. Oh, yeah. And everyone always talks about him. You know, it sucks because the only thing they ever talk about is he never won a championship. But those numbers he put up, and the, I, that guy was incredible. He, he's yeah, one of those I mean, guys I wish I would have been a little bit um, older, like born like maybe in like 75 or something, so I could have actually grown up and watched him play in the 80s. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, take that name and then flip it over. I mean, some people think that Brett Favre was the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, so with this argument, you could say, you know, eight, maybe nine names, right? And that's just about your opinion. But, I mean, purely on stats, purely on performance, I mean. It, you definitely have an know. argument because, I mean, you, you do. As, as far as we're just going really, we're talking about statistically, like, yeah, absolutely. Drew Brees has got to be in the conversation, man. I, I, he really does. I, and like I said, you know, he's one of those guys that when you talk about this, like he gets left out of the conversation for the greatest quarterback in the league right now. I mean, and, and to me, that is just, it's crazy to think about. Like people say Rogers, people say, like I said, I took the Patrick Mahomes stance, which is crazy and outlandish just to a lot of people. But, you know, people say, you know, Rogers, I mean, they say a bunch of names and um, to me, it's just, it's just kind of crazy. Um, like I said, everybody has an opinion. Um, but we're going to go ahead and kick this to the off-the-cuff. Um, Tanner fell off, guys, so he uh, 
just kind of an alert right there. Um, Derek, go ahead and what do you got for off the cuff? Okay, so my off the cuff is kind of a two-parter, and um, I was sitting here today trying to think about what we were going to talk about, and I was just like scrolling through Twitter, and I was like, I didn't really see anything I liked. So I got on, and I've been following the weather and stuff, and, you know, stuff going on, and Hurricane Michael just uh, struck Florida today. And, you know, like in Kansas, we have some severe weather, and, like, you know, the worst thing we can obviously have, tornado, maybe a uh, earthquake, crazy. I'm just glad that we're not on the coast because, um, you know, having to – prepare for something like that where you have to pack up and leave your home and come back to absolutely nothing would be uh pretty awful. Well, what do you think about that? You know, a lot of people, so you're talking about some of this stuff. So I used to go and travel quite a bit for my old job, um, about 14 times a year typically. Um, and so it took me, you know, Texas, South Carolina, Montana, New York, uh, Florida, Arizona, California. I mean, so I, I traveled all over the place, um, Wisconsin. And I remember people coming in for a training um, to St. Louis, and it kind of stormed a little bit, and everybody freaked out, right? There were some high winds and stuff like that, and I just kind of laughed, and everybody was like, what's, well, what's, what are you laughing about? Like, this is scary. And I'm like, it doesn't, you're not, you don't need to get scared until that, that uh, sky turns a little bit green. And everybody just kind of looked at me like, this dude's psycho. And I'm like, no, like seriously, like you'll, you'll be fine. Wow. Like, and I feel, I feel like it's like that everywhere, you know, um, because, you know, being in Tornado Alley and basically and, and growing up here um, in Donovan County and uh, in, in the Midwest, it, uh, I mean, you, you see it all the time during, you know, the spring and stuff like that, like high winds and stuff. And it's just one of those things that, I mean, you kind of know when it's getting real and when it's not. Um, but with some of that other stuff, like, I don't know if I could handle, like, you know, like you're talking about, you know, some of those other places, like constant flooding. Like, I don't know what I would do. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, and, and, and recently we had all that rain recently, and, and there was, man in Manhattan, there was some pretty bad flooding. And, you know, that's bad for somewhere in Kansas like this. So I couldn't imagine, like, a tropical storm, like a hurricane hitting or something. It, just, it blows my mind. Like, you know, I think about things sometimes, like, we complain about little things here and there, but. There's families and people losing, you know, not only their homes, but some people, you know, get caught up in the storm and, you know, pass away. So it's pretty sad and just kind of makes you grateful for what we've got and what what doesn't happen to us. Um, the other thing I want to touch base on, too, is while this is my favorite time of the year for sports and everything else, football, basketball is going to be kicking off here soon. Um, daylight savings times in November, and it's also going to be – for not just me, but a lot of people, it's a pretty depressing time of the year because you go to work when it's dark, you get off work and it's dark, and it, you know, it just kind of it kind of kicks you in the sack, man. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, it's one of those things that you come home and it, it instantly like zaps all the energy you got, right? Oh yeah, um, you're dead. You uh, you don't really have a whole lot, you know, of motivation in my opinion. Um, but I uh, I can totally agree with that. Um. So, I mean, what do you what do you do to try to boost that back up? Uh, to get through the, the that time of the year where it's just dark pretty much yeah. all the day, it's hard. I, I've heard people say like, uh, you know, it's easier said than done. Like, you know, have like a routine, like exercise, maybe like you know, get get a gym. Uh, just kind of keep, I guess, keep your mind busy because you know, I know 
I do this a lot and I'm guilty of it, but I come home and just sit down and watch uh, TV because I'm tired. And I feel like that's a big part. It's not helping it at all. It's in fact, increasing it or intensifying the, that depressed, the, 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 the depressed, depressing feeling that we get. So uh, I feel like if you just keep your mind busy doing something, uh, chores, exercise, maybe reading a book, just anything, I feel like that can kind of help get through those tough times. Absolutely. So I expect you to have like a wealth of knowledge come like April about everything sports related. Sports related. I could even, uh, I, I got classes starting uh, with my apprenticeship, so I could even uh, maybe teach you guys a thing or two about electricity. There you go. There you go. Um, for mine, basically, you know, we look at the sports, you know, world and things and we're, we're you know, you, it's, you have your opinions on it. Uh, but some people get paid for their opinions, right? Oh, yeah. When I look at, the, you know, the commentators and the analysts and, you know, the people are getting paid by ESPN, Fox, CBS, you know, things like that. Um, I think the worst sports working right now is Dan Levitard. Um, I think he is basically over the past – Wow, hell, I don't know however however many years um, he's had basically the worst sports show on ESPN when it comes to his daily thirty minute um, show that he's got uh, highly questionable. That is terrible. Oh, that that's um, with Bomani Jones, right? It's not anymore. Um, At one point, it was. It was okay. Bomani Jones was on there. Um, radio, he's been well known to be with Stu Gotts on that. Now, uh, and honestly, it just seems like he kind of leans on those guys to kind of keep him afloat. So he's always going to have a guy that's kind of his Robin that kind of keeps him afloat. And uh, honestly, I like his takes, in my opinion, are terrible. He hates – it seems like he always has negative things to say about, like, every sport, right? Right. So nothing's ever positive. Um, he knows it seems very little outside of the Miami area because that's where he's – you know, located, and that's where... Yeah, he's a big, you know, U fan, the U. So, but other than that, like, he hates baseball. He seems to hate golf. I mean, he hates virtually, like I said, everything. He has terrible takes. His his TV show is... I mean, I don't know when the last time you watched Highly Questionable. uh, I actually don't watch it, or I didn't watch it, because uh, Bomani Jones used to be on it, and he was going to be the guy I was going to pick as far as TV, sports, you know... Yeah, get paid for his, you know, opinions and stuff. Uh, it kind of goes back to when the Royals were hot in baseball, 2014, 2015. Uh, I believe he made a comment about how he couldn't name a single person on the roster, and just being like a homebody like I am, I thought that was a really shitty, uh, you know, shot at the Midwest and Kansas City. And after that, I just didn't care what that jackass thought. Well, and it, it, for those two, when it came to baseball, like on that on that time frame when they were there. Like, they just basically didn't want to talk about it. So they would have to find something to kind of take stabs or, you know, basically, like I say, be negative about the sport. Like, Even though they don't like baseball, like, if it would have been a big name like the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Cubs, I'm sure they would have probably, you know, went into it and, you know, had some positives. But since it was a podunk Kansas City club, they didn't give a shit. Well, basically, so the Miami Marlins uh, played the opening, opener for uh, the MLB this year. And the first pitch, uh, Urania gives up a, a, a home run, right? And 
you know, Globetrotter basically says, oh, great, now we never have to uh, talk baseball again for the rest of the year. And it's like, why? Because your Miami Marlins suck? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, so you think, in your opinion, is Bomani Jones. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the first name that came to my mind when you said Dan Lambertard, just because every time I see that guy on Twitter, uh, if someone retweets something of him or I see him on TV, I'll change the channel, man. It's that bad. Like, I don't know if I have some sort of issue or anger problem, but that guy, I just don't value any of his opinions. And there's a lot of guys I, you know, I'm not a fan of. Like, I'm not a huge Skip Bayless fan, but there's some things that Skip comes across and I'm like, okay, I, I don't agree with you, but I respect what you have to say. Like, well, and Skip was one of it. Probably if we had to pick three, he would be in my top three that I really couldn't uh, stand or care to listen to. Um, and the reason being is because he's one of those guys that um, he'll say something and then, you know, six months later, he's got something completely different. Um, and I know that it, that happens from time to time, like for this year, for the, World Series in the very early stages, I thought the Yankees were going to be there. And then on my last Hot Topics video, I picked the Red Sox. Like, sometimes, you know, opinions change over time, right? I get that. But to a, to a, I guess, a plateau of, he'll basically say something about a person and then later on say something completely different and then try to tell you that he never said anything about <laughs> there's, you know, that person in that way. There's two things, I think, with uh, Skip that are going to stay constant. One, he'll never uh, – give LeBron James full credit uh, people thinks he actually deserves. And two, he believes Tim Tebow should be in the league right now playing still. I feel like those are two things he'll stay firm on for the rest of his time on TV. Well, and uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Tim Tebow should be in the league as a fullback. Yeah, exactly. Like he has definitely, he's good enough to play it, but you know, like the dude's not a quarterback, but you know, skip has to just be skip, I guess. So guys, I mean, that's all we've got for this uh, this episode. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, we're sorry that Tanner fell off. A uh, little bit of uh, technical difficulties there. Um, Anchor isn't always <laughs> good to us all the time, so um, we, uh, we apologize. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in as always, and until uh, next time, peace. See you guys.